yo, yo. Welcome, welcome to another episode with Ignite the Spark Within Podcast. I'm your host, Sebastian Hernandez, and I am here to empower world-class leaders like yourself to create a life on your own terms. On these podcasts, we will be exploring the mysteries of self-mastery, shamanism, mysticism, conscious sexuality, and overcoming depression and anxiety. We'll be interviewing some of my very own tribe members from around the world and share some of our personal stories. We'll be discovering and implementing tools and strategies for living a more fulfilled life. So, join me on this journey of self-discovery and let's ignite that spark within together. A little bit about your host. I am a U.S. Navy veteran, served in the USS Ronald Reagan, was shaman apprentice, an international self-mastery coach, author, and conscious sexuality facilitator. Now, my mission is to support and empower world-class leaders like yourself, reminding you of the impact that you're meant to make in this lifetime. So if you want to learn more, if you bout that life, stay tuned for today's episode. Season 1, Episode 25, Exploring Cambo, Maestros, and the Universe. All right, welcome, welcome to today's episode. So, let's get started. Wow, what a transformation, specifically when it comes to tolerance and processing emotions. So, as I've shared in the past, I've been building a relationship with the Cambo tree, not the Cambo tree, the, well, yes, the Cambo tree frog, right? And... I've been doing this now since July 2017, meaning it's been officially about six years since I started to work, right? We're now in August. So yeah, six years. And um, what I, it's been an incredible, insightful journey. And every year I get to go twice to the jungle. And that's the whole purpose is to continue my education, to continue uh yeah, my learning from the different teachers. And I'm excited that, well, by the time you've listened to this, I should be in the jungle already, actually there with uh, the maestros. But I'll touch on that later on the episode. So, Cambo. Let's talk about Cambo. So, why Cambo? Why did I fall in love with the Cambo medicine? Well, simply put, on a physical level, afterwards, it made me feel like I was a fucking warrior, right? Like not to mention the battle scars looked pretty fucking cool. However, they always seem to disappear on my body. And trust me when I say, I probably have well over 50 dots on my body throughout all the years, if not more, probably have way more than that. And in different body parts, right? I've put them on my feet. I've put them on my hands. I've put them, um, I accidentally one time put it in my eye, right? And that was fire. Literally, it felt like my eyes were being, well, my eye specifically was being burned by a lighter. Like it, it was, it was intense. Now, after 24 hours, I will say that my eyesight did clear up, right? And I would say it was actually better because, and I noticed it because I would actually alternate my eyes to see if I would notice a difference. And I actually did. Now, I remember calling my astro worried, letting him know what had just happened. And he simply smirked, muy bien, hermano. 
which he explained that there's a ritual actually where they take the gum medicine and they actually uh, dilute it in water and it's used to be able to flush out the eyes. And so he said, you did the warrior dose in his own words, right? La dosis del guerrero. Now, this this year was actually my first um, time actually being able to connect to the frog and well to the combo frog and actually be able to extract the combo medicine myself now i had the honor to 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 being able to attract what maestro calls in esmeralda right now what that really what what he refers to as an esmeralda is a combo frog which is the fully mature female right and so he has this special ceremony that he's been able to dedicate specifically to esmeralda and i had the honor of attracting one of the most um one of the most beautiful ones she was huge and almost immediately right out the right out of the the gates right and we're in the swampy area and after about two hours of walking through the dense jungle to where we actually find the frogs um she remained with me the entire time so once i was able to collect collect her or once she was able to well really what happened was maestro took her from the tree or put a stick against uh the tree she climbed on his stick he brought the stick down he connected my his stick um with my stick that sounds funny uh the combo crawled <laughs> onto my stick <laughs> And and she stayed with me for like the whole two hours of our walk throughout the jungle. And it was it was powerful to be able to connect with her. Now, throughout the entire time, I was talking to her. I was thanking her. I was asking her permission for her medicine. And I would tell her about what my intentions were. And being able to bring the medicine to to the different people in my life and to be able to share her medicine with those that I would relate or I would say were called to her specifically, right? So after getting the blessing, um, we actually set up shop. We organized the whole ceremony space and Maestro walked me through the entire process of extracting my own combo medicine. Now, I do have to say that there is a very beautiful and divine connection when you're able to source your own medicine, right? Like I believe there's a higher conviction in your belief in your medicine because you recognize the sacredness of the gift from nature. You went through the process of going through everything you needed to go through to be able to actually gather this specific medicine that you know plays such a critical role and you get to now be uh, a handler of such an incredible medicine, right? So um, it, there's 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 power in that. I really truly believe that. Now, not to mention, you're, you're building an intimate relationship with the medicine and you learn to speak directly to the medicine, right? So like, for example, calling in the spirit of the gumbo frog, Right. So specifically, uh, Esmeralda, right? She's the frog that I was able to put, to extract the poison from or the, the, the medicine from. So being able to personally, uh, connect with her gave me like a direct access and being able to receive her gift, um, was beautiful. And so therefore there's this connection when it comes to the ceremony, when it comes to, to being able to sing to her, when it comes to being able to invoke her. Right. And yet with that being said, I'm well aware that each body's reaction to the medicine is very unique, right? And yet they show similar symptoms, right? So keep that in mind. And well, I learned early when I first started to facilitate three years ago, the importance of having a test gate, right? Now, 
a test gate is what will determine to me, at least what I consider a test case, what's going to determine the state of the patient, right? Or the, the state of the person receiving the medicine, right? So if the body is in the condition to receive the medicine, right? or better yet, is the body in a position to really receive the medicine or to receive the shock to the system, right? And does it need to, does it, is it, well, is it in the right condition or does it need to build up its immune system, right? And therefore that's where you get to identify. I'll give you a perfect example. Um, so the, f so the first time I served one of my cousins, right? Uh, my, she was 15 at the time and she received her first, her first test gate, right? She felt nauseous, nauseous, but soon afterwards, um, the nausea went away and she's like, all right, I'm ready for another one. And and so I gave her another one. And eventually, uh, I, I ended up giving her five full doses, five full dots, uh, five full gates. And she did not purge. She was able to stay centered and grounded the entire time. Um, now, on the other hand, uh, after the full 30 minutes, she was good. I removed the medicine and she went on with her day. Like nothing ever happened, right? Now, on the other hand, uh, I have my other cousin, which is, he was 30 years old at the time. And I would say that within one minute, right? Within one minute, he lost his, he lost his color. Uh, his lips turned purple and he was about to faint on me. Right. And so I immediately had to remove the medicine off of his body. I had to provide him with some first aid. Um, I had to give him his, some, this spray, the specific stuff that I have to be able to help cool the body, um, and be able to have him smell. So that it kind of gets him back into to stability and sip on some salt water. Right. So now, mind you, this was the same exact medicine, different experiences. Right. So my cousin, she received five dots solid. My other cousin receives one dot and like loses a shit. Right. So this is the importance for me, at least, to being able to do that test gate. Now, another key factor of working with the medicine is my access to apply it to myself, right? And learn from it, which I have to say, this is one of the coolest things of being able to have the medicine is that I have access to it and I can apply it to myself whenever I feel called to, right? But on that same token, it's what it has allowed me to understand the medicine, right? For instance, I've created a rule for myself that in any, if, if, I am going to apply medicine. I must have applied it to myself within a 30 day window of serving right now. This for me is my rule. And this is what helps me ensure that the potency of the medicine, um, is still active and a reminder of having compassion for, I know what it feels like. Therefore I can facilitate from a reminder of my own personal experience, right? So I'm a true believer that the participant must choose to want to face the uncomfortableness because they know what on the other side, um, is available to them. They know what they can achieve on the other side, right? But they have to choose that. And that comes through the mental toughness and growth that breaks through those limiting beliefs, especially around the body and what we believe can 
can be tolerated, right? So consider that the more you do combo, obviously the stronger your body's going to become, right? And it invokes this warrior spirit and vitality fire within, right? So consider that the moment the combo starts to go into your body and you start to process it, your immune system becomes stronger as your body becomes stronger, naturally strengthening your body, right? So now, Let's talk about the transformation of one of my past patients who just completed his third session uh, in a two-week window, right? So now, this gentleman had gone through a pretty tough past, now continually going through physical complications and having built this story that he's weak and that he needs to overcompensate by taking supplements and being careful not to overexert himself, right? So you can imagine that he's walking into this thing already with the fear base of Gambo kicking his ass, right? So he had heard many other stories of people puking their brains out and he was scared of it, right? So before we started, we did some breath work and got him connected to what he's doing this all for, right? So getting him connected that he's choosing this, yes? Then reminding him of what the ceremony represents for him, right? Connecting to the before and the after the ceremony, what's, what are we leaving behind and what's possible for you after you leave this thing behind and you make available in this new future that you want to create after ceremony, right? So once I saw that his posture started to change and his fear diminished, I proceeded with our first test case, right? And that's to see how his body would respond to the medicine. Now, I noticed that the swelling around the gate um, was starting to, to, to be the, like, it was starting to be distinguished. Therefore, I knew that the medicine was being active. Um, he was breathing through it, but there was, there, I can still notice that there was some hesitancy. There was still fear. There was still a lot of fear that he needed to overcome. And I could see it in his body. I can see it the way his body was tense. He was resisting and this was just one dot. Now, I know that feeling, especially for the first time. You think you're going to die. <laughs> Your body is telling it in all types of way like alarm, alarm, we are under attack, right? So feeling your heartbeat through your chest and eventually the throbbing raising to your head, like feeling the intense heat throughout the entire body, feeling the nausea, the fatigue, the cold sweats. And on top of that, you add fear and it just makes things way more intense right? So this is where the mental toughness gets developed, right? The capacity to breathe through the uncomfort, to know that you're going to be okay. And after 10 minutes, he was more psyched out about it than anything, right? Because um, I asked him if he was ready to increase the dose. And with no hesitation, he said yes, which I wasn't surprised because by minute 10, the strongest side effects of just one portal are like minimal, right? So I decided to add two more gates on the back of his neck on each side of his spinal cord, right? And he processed. He told me, I don't feel anything, bro, <laughs> which it, it, um, I was a bit surprised. I'm not going to lie. But it was in that moment where he got the first glimpse of him actually having the experience that his body is actually stronger than what he thought. He lasted the full 30 minutes and no puking. His purge was a different type of purge. His purge was an emotional purge. His purge was dealing with the resistance. His purge was dealing with fear. His purge was recognizing his strength, right? And so we did some other modalities before closing out the session, and we ended that session, right? Now, a week later, we were ready for round two.
Now, we were both anticipating that this session would be a lot stronger. So we opened the circle. Yeah, we started with some breath work. We got connected to the intention of the ceremony. And this time, we started off with two gates. Yes, and we gradually moved our way up. Now, he knew what to expect this time. He was ready. By the time we got to the third gate, he was processing some very strong emotions. Again, no puking, but lots of screaming, lots of moving old energy out. He released things he had stagnant within. And by the end of those 30 minutes, he felt like a warrior. Matter of fact, he looked like a fucking warrior. He looked like he had just gone through battle and left there like fucking proud of who he was. And when we went on to do some more work with other modalities, it helped him to continue to process and move those emotions that had been stagnant, including old viewpoints and perspectives that it just no longer served them. Nonetheless, it was a powerful ceremony. Now, two days later, we were ready for his third session. Now, this time, he invited a friend um, to participate, which was, it was all right with me, right? So while we were now moving up to starting with three gates, his buddy, well, because this was his first time, you know what we go do, we gonna start off with one. So we opened up the circle, we did our breath work, we connected with our intentions, and we began. And I started with a new tribe member. Now I started him off with one dot, and within three minutes, he was puking. He was pale, he looked fatigued, and yet he was processing. Now, we ultimately only did two dots for him in that 30-minute window. Now, next up, the man of the hour. So we started with three dots. He was grounded. He breathed through it, he moved the energy, and he stayed centered. By minute 15, we added two more dots to his body for a total of five. Now, keep in mind that the gates that I make are relatively big in size, right? And yet, he stood his ground. He lasted the entire 30 minutes, no puking, strong as a bull. This man realized he wasn't as weak as he had been taught to believe. He was actually a lot stronger than he imagined, and was it was time to start believing it. So since then, this man's energy has been up, the strength has been increased, his stamina and power in boxing. Um, we noticed, well, he noticed, well, more than he, he was reminded by his trainer, which his trainer noticed. Yes, now, not to mention everything else that he emotionally released. And look, I just, I love Gambo, like this is what's possible, right? Now, on that note, as you are listening to this, like I mentioned earlier, I should be deep in the jungles of the Amazon right now, right? I'm actually recording this before going off the grid to meet with my shaman maestros. And if you're listening to this, this should be on Wednesday, meaning that I should be drinking ayahuasca later tonight. And tomorrow morning, I'm going to off into deeper into the jungle on an excursion to find the combo frogs with maestro. Now, Imagine, yes, imagine you hop on a flight from your hometown and you head to Lima and then for there, you jump on a smaller plane and head to the jungle, which is Iquitos, Peru, to be more exact. You get picked up at the airport and then you get taken to a beautiful hotel not too far from the airport where we meet Juancho, my alligator buddy which I'm sure I've talked about him in the past episodes. And then Monday morning, we have a good breakfast as we say bye to the city and get ready to submerge deeper in the jungle. Yeah, we take a two-hour bus ride from Iquitos to Nauta, 
From there, we jump on a speedboat called Un Rapio, and we glide along the Amazon for about four and a half hours till we reach a small village where we get greeted by Maestro and staff as they grab our stuff and move them onto the tuk-tuk, and then we make our way into the center, which is about another 30 to 45 minutes, depending on how the road is, hopefully not too muddy, which uh, last time I heard it was been raining, so it might be a bit challenging. And we finally reached this big, huge door with the sign above that says, Welcome to Yachaiwasi Lodge. Yeah. Now, where this is where we're going to be staying with Maestro Eladio and the maestro that helped me specifically understand that there was a spiritual world and that we can learn to navigate it through the connection with nature and all of its hidden wisdom. I also want to highlight that we have a special guest that's going to be joining us, and she's a good friend of mine and a woman that inspired me to continue to learn to play my drum. Yes, now she's been leading women's circles throughout Germany, and she's received the call to join us in this jungle uh, retreat for that seven-day, for this seven-day dieta. Now, let me share a bit about Maestro Eladio, because I think it's important that you guys get to know a little bit about Maestro, the man that's been helping me on so many different occasions, right? Now, he's a wise man. I would definitely say that. And that's, he, um, he's definitely connected to the magic of the jungle. Like oftentimes I relate to him as a chuyachaki, right? Which the way this mystical entity was introduced to me was as a demon of the jungle, right? And it served as a protector of the jungle and protecting the wildlife and all of its inhabitants, including the trees, right? So he was known to get hunters lost that have, that did not respect nature or men chopping down trees without permission right now after working with him for the last six years and and what i mean by working with him working with the chuyataki i mean doing a dieta right which um what i mean by dieta is it's a diet right but it's a specific type of diet that's done with the indigenous tribes or that's done during an ayahuasca experience retreat and this dieta or the spirit of the chuyachaki is represented by a specific tree in the jungle now dieta like i said means a strict diet where i'm in isolation in the jungle drinking this tree juice consecutively before actually drinking ayahuasca so you can imagine that connecting with this tree spirit for the last six years has given me some insights and I no longer relate to Chuyachaki as a demon, but rather a jungle entity, yeah, that will bring balance in the name of the jungle. And sometimes that balance is scaring those that don't respect Pachamama by showing up as a jaguar or simply getting them lost deep in the jungle for a couple of days. And well, Maestro Lario, when we are in ceremony, he shifts, he transforms, he's a mystic. And that mystic in him, like his magic of invoking everything and everyone he calls on to show up for his ceremonies, like I got to say, I'm grateful for him. And I'm actually, as I'm saying this, I'm actually just noticing a pattern as I reflect on my, my soul brother, Calvin. So Calvin, if you're listening to dude, again, you and your teachings without knowing you're teaching me, brother. Um, and if you haven't checked out his podcast, it's damn dude podcast. So definitely go check him out if you haven't already. Um, and so, yeah, I'm noticing a pattern. So Calvin often talks on how Maestro Lalio did a really good job at showing him step by step how to create a ceremony, how to start, how to transition, what songs and in what order and why. 
Now, mind you, his maestro, the maestro that taught him all of that, is the same maestro that I'm talking about, Maestro Ladio. And yet, Calvin and I haven't actually been to Peru at the same time together. We haven't even been in front of Maestro at the same time together, right? And so it's funny that even though we've never actually worked with Maestro at the same time, like there are so many things that we know about Maestro because we've actually worked with the same person. So it's it's it always blows my mind. So when Calvin tells me these things of how he get how he got taught by Maestro, I'm like, yo, what the fuck? <laughs> right? And 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 here, give me let me give you some context. Maestro didn't do that with me, right? So now, now get that the first time Calvin told me this, I ain't gonna lie, I was a bit jealous. I'm like, wait a second, how come Maestro didn't do that for me? Then, of course, after reflecting, I realized he actually did try. <laughs> he actually did try. He would test me by giving me assignments and ikaros to learn. And when I didn't show up or when I didn't do it enthusiastically, right? Um, when I didn't smile or I didn't do it, um, he did it. He just, he was just like, all right, cool. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't scold me. He just smiled and went on with his day. Right? Like he never actually scolded me or brought it to my attention, at least not directly. Now, he did have this one thing that he would use me as an example of all the things I was doing without necessarily saying it was me. Right? But I knew his message was an indirect correction, or well, at least I took it that way. And I still do. Right? So when Maestro speaks, I listen and I listen to where his message is coming from. You see, from day one, Maestro says something to me that that really had him become my maestro, right? And, and what he said was, Sebastian, yo no soy tu maestro. Tu maestra es la medicina. Yo estoy aquí para acompañarte mientras creas tu relación con la medicina. Meaning, Sebastian, I'm not your teacher. The teacher is the medicine. I'm only here to accompany you while you learn to communicate directly with the medicine. And in that moment, he became my teacher. But I understood he was going to be a different type of teacher, not the type of teacher that shows me how to do what he does, but rather the type of teacher that would give me the space to learn directly from the medicine like he did when he started serving ayahuasca at 15 years old. While his mother is an ayahuasquera um, and his grandfather was a tabaquero and palero, meaning a shaman that works with tobacco for magic and trees for fortitude and wisdom, and yet he would often go out on his own and learn directly from the source. Now, earlier I mentioned a pattern. Well, my father's best teachings came from his absence, for it forced me to learn, right? And and it's kind of like, and I've talked about this in the past, right? Well, it, the pattern that I just realized is, well, Maestro, while he may not have been absent, his direct teachings were very limited, yet his example and the safe space he created for me to dive deep has been his biggest contribution, right? And so I know that when I drink ayahuasca with him, He's there to make sure it's safe and that we do the work called to do. Therefore, even though Maestro didn't teach me how to set up my altar, I did. Even though he didn't teach me how to open up ceremony, I learned. Even though our one-on-one -on -one time was usually just sharing space in silence, his space provided me the comfort to do the work and to learn. 
you see? So I'm grateful for Maestro Lalio. It, it, was, it was him who told me the best words I needed to hear in a critical time in my life. You see, when the whole world, including my loved ones, my own mother, when everyone thought I went crazy, Maestro, after just one ceremony of ayahuasca, looked me in the eyes and with his sincerity told me, Tú no estás loco. Tú lo que estás es más conectado. Meaning, you're not crazy. You're just really connected to the spirit world. He explained how most people who have a spiritual awakening are often mislabeled and misdiagnosed with medication that suppresses the connection versus actually learning how to make sense of the connection. And well, when he helped me understand this, it was in that moment I knew this was going to be part of my path helping others transition in a healthy way, hence why I created the foundation program, to help myself first by building a foundation based on my core beliefs, based on a healed man committed to aligning with his best self, right? So therefore, combining the flow and the unpredictability of the universe with a structure to be able to help ground the process of growing on what you're learning by tracking our progress. Yes. Yeah? So I believe it becomes far more expansive when we start structuring our downloads into a system that helps us process and well integrate. Now, now I want to talk about another fundamental teacher in my life that has not only shown me the art of Campbell, but has also been an incredible example of being a loving father a hard worker, and has shown me his commitment to the land and its inhabitants. So Maestro Eliezer has been a great role the mole model? No, a great role model. <laughs> and, well, I've seen firsthand how he continues to get blessed by the land itself. I talked about this on one of my first episodes since I had just left the jungle, so I'm sure it was fresh in my mind. And, wow, side note, I started this podcast in the jungle and technically... Mm, today, the day you're listening to this podcast, I'm in the jungle once again. Remember, I had to pre-record this and schedule it in order to stay consistent on a weekly basis with the podcast. Anyways, squirrel. <laughs> All right, my strategy is up. So back to the no, back to his noble spirit. Which again, side note, I just caught myself thinking of how so often I tend to to relate to people as humble, which is what I was initially going to say about about maestro but i think the right word is noble right he is someone that while i also recognize that the man is not perfect by no means but i will give it to him he actually does try to become pet better and his progress shows now it's been magical to witness the man's growth from being a woodworking maestro layo shaman training center to visiting his plot of land to then seeing a gamble protected reservation to then seeing him little by little in these last six years build this beautiful healing center deep 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 in the jungle and it's beautiful it's beautiful to witness his whole family come together to build this center and almost everyone in the family volunteers to work the center since they do have a house in town right they don't necessarily live in the center yet they can choose to be in the healing center or in town and when the healing time comes the family comes together to support their father right so it's beautiful and i haven't even talked about his connection with the actual 
Show Combo Frog. Now, dude, this guy is fully connected, right? Sometimes at night when we're walking in this deep, dense jungle, like this man transforms. I can't explain it. It's mystical. He just has this ability to call on them and and just spot them like nothing. Like, let me tell you, for the untrained eye, they can be right in front of you and you won't see them. Right. So his, it's like their ability to camouflage with the vibrant green leaves. It's, 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 it's like, it's evident, right? They got some really good camouflage. <laughs> and, and here he would, this guy has the ability. So back to what I was saying, I lost track. Uh, training, uh, I, I training. Um, ah, yes. So he has this, this ability to see them, even though they're camouflaged. He has this ability to see them and he just passed me a stick with three or four combo frogs on them. Now, however, last time of all the combo we found, there was only one that we wanted and that was Esmeralda. So I talked about this earlier, right? Now, Esmeralda is what we call the mature female or or now I now we call it, but initially it was Maestro. Maestro called her Esmeralda um, and this is how he's taught me, right? So Esmeralda is the mature female combo and Maestro has this whole story. So if you ever come with me to Peru, I'm sure he would gladly share it and how and why he named her Esmeralda. And that happened to be my first combo that I extracted medicine from with his supervision, of course, um, and Maestro guiding me through the whole process. Now, I did already say this. Yes, I did already say this. Did I mention that I then got to serve myself the medicine? No, I don't think I talked about that. So um, I had to actually, so during that ceremony, once I, I extracted my medicine, um, I opened up my own gates and I put in fresh gambo directly from Esmeralda herself. And ooh-wee, those two gates, and I was frog face. I don't know if you know what frog face is, but it's when the medicine like literally blows you up like a frog face. You literally, you have a frog face and I had frog face and I was purging within minutes, then sustaining um in front of the fire, trying to sustain in front of the fire at midnight in honor of the medicine and asking permission to serve her medicine. Uh, I almost forgot to mention his eldest son. Yeah, now his eldest son is Eliasad Jr., who is another young man. So he accompanied us and he was there with us as well. Um, but this man is a fierce, fierce young man on his path of walking with the medicine. Um, he's a powerful warrior. I would definitely say so. And an explorer and his young soul has this sense of curiosity to keep learning and expanding. And now that I'm on that same note, I almost forgot about Dr. Jefferson de la Luz. Now, this is another beautiful, noble soul that also had his fierce uh, hunter side can definitely be evident when it's needed, right? But then there's this other loving father side that he has. It's just this beautiful soul. So, excuse me. Being able to see, um, seeing both of them grow into the men that they're becoming and seeing his journey has been incredible to be able to witness. Now, I'm actually working a lot more with, uh, with Dr. Jefferson de la Luz recently. Um, we're actually going to be cooking medicine together. Matter of fact, so today, as you're listening to this, um, we are most likely cooking ayahuasca. So as you're listening to this, just imagine, um, me and the, the drummer, 
woman um, in front of the fire, in front of ayahuasca cooking, creating this powerful, potent potion that tonight we're going to be drinking, right? So um, uh, da, 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 da. what else was I going to say about that? Uh, that's all I got to say about that. So let's pivot. <laughs> Let's pivot. Let's pivot here. So I want to acknowledge something that seems to be happening around me lately. And that is the topic of separation. And I know, I know that this is like way off. Like we just took like 180 degrees, but I get it. Right. Enough of the ayahuasca, enough of, uh, let's talk about something else. So, um, let's talk about this, which is again, um, this, it's just, I, I don't understand why. I don't understand why recently there's a lot of separation happening and couples that have created these great things are now going their own separate ways. And here's the thing. To be honest, I don't think there's anything wrong with a bit of space. Now, I will be the first to tell you, I am currently not in a committed relationship, or have I been in one in well over two years, and so maybe I'm not the expert to talk about committed monogamous relationships. However, however, as a self-mastery coach, I can speak on the importance of doing the inner work and what that means so that you can be fully present with our partners. And I speak on communication and transparency. And that is something that has, I would say, permitted me to have the incredible women in my life that we get to share intimate spaces together and are healthy and healing, right? Now, I believe that um, what has permitted me to have these types of relationships that I have in this openness and being willing to talk about is because of what we've been able to create from the beginning, right? Where we know what we stand for and what we're doing and ask where we're going with it, right? Now, therefore, going back to the separation that are happening around me, again, I don't believe it's a bad thing. Sometimes space is important. And well, in that space, communication is essential, right? Learning to set healthy boundaries, giving each other the space to recollect and connect with their own true north and recalibrate, and then being able to identify what's the best move looking forward. And sometimes that space may look like we ain't talking until the universe aligns us again. But for our own sake, how do we release without any hate or before it gets to that point to bow down gracefully out of a relationship with respect and mutual agreements without having to put the other person down? And maybe it's one-sided, right? Maybe it is. Then how do we bow down gracefully to create a smooth, healthy transition? And look, by no means am I saying it's easy, but I will say it can definitely be worth it, especially when there are kids in the mix, right? Like I believe that it can be healthier for children to see their parents happy, even if they're no longer together, right? I believe that when parents separate, but continue to show respect and support for each other without any animosity, it can actually have a positive impact on children's well-being, right? Now, this in the contrast of seeing their parents fight and show no love for each other or feel trapped in a relationship, they continue for the sake of their children. I don't think that's healthy. Ultimately, I would like to believe that when we enter into any type of relationship, we want the best for the person that we're with. 
And as I've said in the past episodes, thanks to being exposed to the polyamorous lifestyle, it showed me the power of unconditional love. In this context, referring to the ability to love your partner and their fulfillment, even if it's not with you. You see, that's a selfless type of love. Now, understand that this can really only be healthy when there's an equal and profound self-love. Yes, love yourself enough to let go while loving your partner and their fulfillment. Now, this is some next level stuff right here, right? To be frankly with you, I don't think most people would even want to do this type of work. And frankly, because I've actually asked. Most people are like, nope, this is my property. I will never do this. No, no, no. Right? And why? Because it's difficult. And consider, consider that what makes it difficult is the requirement of self-love and self-respect. And when those two things are not there, well, it will be evident through the jealousy, through insecurities coming up, through the self-doubt, and it could even lead to depression. Look, I'm going to be the first to tell you, heartbreak is real. And it can impact people in many ways, including suicide, right? Shit, including homicide. Therefore, while it is a difficult task, can you see the importance of doing the self-love work? Now, Consider that self-love work can also look like being patient with ourselves and our own unique process. You see, outside of the context of being in a relationship, self-love can look like bringing awareness to the things that are taking away our peace. For instance, right here, right now, off the top of your head, I want you to think of at least two things that are taking away your peace of mind right? Things that are stressing you out and maybe even causing you anxiety. Okay. Now I want you to really think about this. Do you have those two things? Yeah. Those two things that are taking away your peace. All right. Now that you got those two things, now let me ask you, is there something you can directly do about the situation to change that? If the answer is no, if there's nothing you can do to directly change the situation Consider that this may be the source of your anxiety. By focusing on what you cannot control, you may experience this anxiety. Now, here's another example for you. I was in Colombia walking down the streets when I passed the bakery and the aroma of this fresh bread pulled me in as I went to go pay for it. Now, I realized that I was out. Now, what I mean by that is I was out of money, like completely out of money. Like this shock made me realize that I was down to zero, like, fuck. Now, I didn't realize because I had just let my cousin borrow the last bit of money I had because he said he was going to pay me back in the afternoon. Well, he didn't pay me back. (laughs) Well, it was now late in the evening as I sat down on the sidewalk and I started to do some deep reflection as tears dropped down my cheeks. And uh, not from a self-pity, like a victim perspective, but rather from this appreciation of recognizing how many times I had taken money for granted. Now, although I initially panicked, not knowing what to do, I then received this clear message asking if I needed the money right at that moment. And to be fair, no, I didn't. Besides the temptation of wanting some fresh bread, like I didn't need the bread. And well, thank God I was staying at my grandma's place visiting. So I had shelter, I had food, and I even had weed from some of the locals at the park where I went to work out. So now, even though I was clear that I didn't need the money right away, there was still this concern of what if I need it and I don't have it? Then what? 
And then I got a very clear message. Again, let go and have faith. And this is where I really started to learn to have faith in the process and focus on what I could do. So I took initiative and I started to seek out opportunities where I could serve for an exchange, whether it was serving as a coaching session, whether it was teaching English sessions. My focus was I have no money, so I can't, or let's say my focus wasn't necessarily, I don't have any money, so I can't do anything, but rather my focus was who can I go serve with the things and skills that I have to obtain some type of exchange, whether it was food whether it was shelter, whether it was money, or some combination of all of those. Right now, a week later, I was hired at this small village by this private institution that was that was hiring me to go teach English to these kids. Now, that led me to gain the confidence in my process to actually start my own small business, English, teaching English in some local, well, in a local, not some, I don't want to diminish. No, it was in a really nice, really nice coffee shop. Um, and my focus wasn't on the nose. Yeah. My focus wasn't on the circumstances. Don't get me wrong. The nose and my circumstance that may have felt shitty in the moment. Right. But it helped me reflect on, on how I could do things differently. And therefore it inspired me to keep taking action. Action on what? On the things I do have control over so that my actions change my circumstances versus simply complaining about the circumstance, expecting it to change. You see how doing this, you see how you can establish a lens in which you are constantly learning from the universe and every experience? Checking in for the hidden meaning or purpose behind life's challenges. Therefore, it's like you're seeking growth versus the complaints. So therefore, the taking action on, on what you are in control, right? You're able to see it as a superpower. You get to you, that is a superpower to be able to shift our perspective on life and ultimately shifting the way we see and live our lives. Now, consider that there's an art to the subtleties of knowing when to ply through, right? And when the universe is trying to correct your path, requiring you to surrender to the messages, right? And well, surrender, that's not a very provocative word for a man, right? Specifically when it's required from us. So surrender can often be seen as weak or giving up. And yet, there is a divine gift that is often presented on the other side of that surrender, allowing the universe to recalibrate and to nudge us back on our path, allowing the safe feminine component to surrender to the flow of the universe. And once we are calibrated again, use that masculine component to take action on our desired achievements. It's this balancing act of knowing when to step into our masculine and when to surrender into our feminine. And to be honest, I'm actually very excited to experience this plant medicine retreat with the Maestros because of all the stuff that I've been learning these last six, seven months and being able to now again deepen my teachings with the maestro, being able to take all of this stuff and apply it into the ceremonies. Now, I know it's going to be some deep reflection for me where I need to let go of, or at least recognize and really what I'm asking ayahuasca is to show me where I need to let go of control more and where I need to step it up a notch or two. So, 
With all that being said, da-da-da-dun. So let's recap. I shared my experience traveling to the jungle in Peru and meeting with Maestro Ladio and Maestro Eliasar. Um, I talked about the things that Maestro Ladio has taught me about the spiritual world and how to navigate through it, um, connecting with nature and how Maestro Eliasar showed me the art of Cambo and how he's been a great role model for being a loving father and hard worker. And sometimes what, what, what it means, uh, to be a shaman from a different angle, right? Because there's so many different faces of what it looks like to be a shaman. And so when I'm able to experience these different men in my life and different role models, it's it's powerful. And I get to learn from that. So I got to share about that. I also got to talk about separation and how it's natural process that can be navigated through communication, through transparency, and with the intent of having healthy relationships, right? That doesn't have to turn into hateful violence, right? And so therefore, focusing on what's in our control can help us establish a lens of constantly learning um, from our experience. Experiences, uh, like I mentioned, from the universe and learning to surrender to the flow of life, right? As a divine gift um, that the universe can allow us to receive if we're willing to, to allow it to recalibrate us and nudge us back on our path, right? So um, I want to take a moment to express my heartfelt gratitude. Thank you, guys. Thank you, each and every one of you who's tuned in and supported the show. I really, I really do appreciate you for taking the time to listen in and to engage um, with this community of listeners who are committed to their own self-growth and their expansion. So your support, your encouragement, every time you share this episode, every time you talk about one of these episodes, um, you're, you're creating, um, you're creating, mm, you're sharing, not creating, you're sharing a message that I believe in and that I would love to be able to continue to expand on. And the fact that you guys are on the same page, we're all on the same page. It's, I love it. So I love that we can uh, tune in every Wednesday. And if you feel called to be on one of these episodes, please uh, reach out to me. Now I'm honored to be part of your journey, right? Because if you're listening, well, I would say that there's some type of value that you're receiving as you get to implement it into your own journey. So I hope that the insights and the tools that I've been able to share in this podcast in these last episodes have been of some type of value and always I will encourage you to continue to explore your own path of self-discovery and to embrace the challenges and look and seek for those opportunities that come your way with an open mind and an open heart, right? So again, thank you for being part of this community and I look forward to continuing this journey with you and supporting each other in our growth and evolution. Boom!